Welcome. Happy Mother's Day. Goodness. So we're going we're gonna to go on some journey today. be very fun. This is a giant iPad, by the way. Let me just show you what Pastor uses. This is like the size of my head. Anyways, I'm used to my mini iPad, so I get to use the big one today. But anyways, happy Mother's Day to all of you uh, mamas and spiritual mamas. Some of you um, are mentors to other women that is, or other families or might have kids that you um, just pour into, or it's just a whole realm of love that women give. So I just want to say thank you for what you do, moms. Hopefully you felt loved today. Um, If you do have kids still at home, And I know yesterday was a super fun day for us ladies. We had our sisterhood Saturday, and there was about 40 of us who gathered together and just shared in a meal and also just shared in connection time. And um, my mom shared a a good word and some illustrations of as we move through life, what we're doing, and we're going to continue that today. Um, As we're daughters of the king and as we have different phases in life. I mean, all of us were little. All of us were um, at different phases in our lives. And so I'm going to walk through some of the ones I was in. Now, men, don't check out on me today. This might not be your color of purse or style of shoes, but I know you all have some man bags, whether it's a satchel or a tool belt or a fanny pack. Right? Like, teenagers' fanny packs are cool now again, right? No. No? Oh, my goodness. Well, I need to update my coolness factor. Oh, goodness. So, um, with, with the day we're living in, we're living with a lot of different things that society is trying to tell us and put on us, and there's some gaps in there that God is calling us to fill. And so as we're in relationships with other ladies and with our families, um, we've got to just walk through those with what he's given us. So we're going to kind of talk to you about what he might have given you. So this is just, you're going to kind of walk along my journey, but kind of put yourself in it. So, oh my gosh, these are the cutest shoes ever, right? Like we all have different shoes we, we have worn, and we're going to kind of talk about that and journey along. But these are so purposeless. <laughs> right? Like, aren't these the cutest things ever? But ba- this baby can't walk. <laughs> why do they need shoes? Because they're darn adorable, that's why. So we've got those. And um, kind of a bag that goes along with that, that kind of transfers to every age. When from, if you're in the nursery or you're in high school, it's kind of a backpack, right? Hi, online. Thank you for joining. Okay. All right, so let's see what's in the backpack that you might have. Moms of little ones, you might have diapers, right? And five changes of clothes and three receiving blankets, four bottles. You carry the kitchen sink with you because you don't know what you'll need. I know when our first vacation we went on, we had a little Honda Civic. I don't think we had room to put the kids. Like, there was everything in there. 
So um, you might have that in the backpack when you're a young mom. Um, and, oh gosh, so I was looking through stuff. This is Sam's kindergarten memories. Right? It's so amazing. Like their report cards at that age. He was nice and helpful. He knows how to blow his nose. <laughs> like the joys of kindergarten. Now, when I was in kindergarten, oh, I loved kindergarten. I got to ride the bus. We sat and had circle time. When I was younger, I just always talked about when I was four. I remembered everything about when I was four. Nothing else, just when I was four. Um, then we move on to elementary age and middle school, right? Like, how many of you parents recognize these things? Like, how do they ruin them so fast? So you have your tools, your pencils, and all of that. You have folders, and then as you get older, you have this giant book that's supposed to help you know what you're going to do and be prepared for college. You guys recognize this? ACT. Ugh. So anyways, you have those things, and then one of my favorite things. This is something my grandpa gave me. This is uh, framed money, like the different coins that were around. And he used to do crafts and woodworking. So that's something that I've saved along the way. Um, so that was really important to me. So as we kind of looked at that stuff, um, some of my favorite mama memories. During snow days, we lived in southern Minnesota, where I feel like it was more like Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. There was so much snow. I mean, so much. So, and I grew up there, and we would be excited when I was... Um, stuck in blizzard, couldn't go to school, my sister and I would gear up and walk to Casey's, which had the best pizza. And we went and we would get snacks and then trek on back. Um, without cell phones, by the way, teenagers. We did it and we survived. Now, when I had little ones, mom and dad lived probably about three blocks away and we would all bundle up and walk to my mom and dad's house and have game day, and just play games, and they would play toys, and we would hang out. We loved our snow days. For vacations, um, Pastor and I would take the boys, and we had to do something smaller, just because that time, our finances were tight. We didn't have much, so we were able to go to hotels that were a couple hours away, um, and just have fun, and the boys loved it. I mean, Three hours is probably all we could all handle in the car anyways. So um, we're going to Sam was never, he was not afraid of anything. So he would just, if he saw something he wanted to do, he would go do it. And Caleb would stand back and just watch. He's, if Caleb saw something that he wanted to try, he would say, Sam, go try that. And see how that would work. But we also had some not-so-fun experiences. I'm sure in your journey as either a parent or you can remember as a kid. Um, one of those was I was working. I was a server, and I worked at a hotel. Um, and pastor called me after my shift and was just talking to me. And then he went, 
Now, as a mom, when you hear the, <gasps> you, your heart goes into your throat. And I'm like, what? He's like, well, I gotta go. I see Sam's blanket by the laundry chute, but I don't see Sam. <laughs> so my son fell down the laundry chute. And praise Jesus, I had just done laundry that day, but I had one load left under there. So he had his hand on my child. Um, and another not so great memory was when winter would come, wondering how many nights I'd be up with a NEB machine giving my son treatments. He had a lot of respiratory issues, even to this day when we talk about it. He's like, I don't like the sound. Like, I totally remember the sound of that machine. And um, for him, that was one thing that was tight. And he, I mean, he grew out of a lot of that, but I totally remember every winter wondering how it was going to be. To Caleb, being afraid, hiding under tables, not wanting to be in front of people, not wanting to participate in his preschool stuff, and always um, just wondering how he could anticipate the situation. Um, in fourth grade, taking him to the doctor to see about if he had ulcers because the stress and anxiety was so high. And as we go in our journey, some of you might be sitting in those stages right now. Some of you might be teenagers or kids who have that anxiety level and you're feeling it. COVID was not helpful with that anxiety and with kids. I mean, as an adult, it's hard for me to process. And I just think of Caleb, he tried to process as well as he could, but I ended up having to go visit with his teacher. So that was fun. Jake's like, I'm coming with you. I was like, if you dare, let's go. <laughs> so that is the different bag. Now, there's one other thing that's in this backpack. And it's, I didn't show you what was in the folder. But in this folder, there is some things that we try to hide that nobody can see. So we stick with our shame, past relationships, maybe failures, just confusion and addictions, abandonment, some fatigue, and broken hearts. We shove those things. And as a kid, I know I did, and my kids did. I find out about it later. They shove those things in a secret file and shove it back in their bag. Whether it's something that you carry from childhood or, or teenage years or even as a mom and that's shoved in there. But you grow on and you go to the next stage or the next phase and you go to um, college, you're a young professional, you have a different size purse, you have different size shoes. So... And as a kid, I know I talked about this, and I've got to show them because these are just aren't too cute. How many of you, your favorites were jellies? <gasps> jellies were just the cat's meow. But if in the summer, like your feet, like if any of you wore Crocs without socks, these are like 10 times worse. Like, and the smell, ugh. So anyways, um, as a young professional or in my 20s, I loved flip-flops. I would go to Old Navy and buy every color when they were a dollar. And I was so excited. Yeah, can't do that now. I need arches. So I had to enjoy that at the time. But you go through lots of different things with that. So in this bag, um, you might start with 
wedding photos. I went through, I found a whole stack of wedding folder photos. I was such a baby. Like, I was looking, I was like, did anybody tell me I was this young? I don't think they did. Did you? Okay. <laughs> and um, a real wallet, not one that just got to hold like, I don't know. I don't know what I had in my wallet as a kid. A photo of myself and my BFF. Because we passed around photos at school. I know you guys don't do that anymore. But we like would get prints, like 25 prints, and then share with each other. So I saved all my like classmates' photos. So in your real wallet, you have credit cards. You have a driver's license that says over 21. You have a checkbook. You have all that fun stuff. All right? Then you also have lots of bills that you now get to use your real wallet with, right? But one thing that kind of, you have lots more things and you might have different things. Um, you have your Bible, some of you might, some of you might not, that might not be part of the journey at that age. And then you have a fancy phone that carries everything that you ever need, right? Because I'm telling you, in my early 20s, my Nokia didn't carry nothing, not even a battery charge. And then you have keys that open, that go to your house, that go to your car. Um, plus, you might have in your purse lots of things from your family. You might have their dirty Kleenexes that they used and shoved in there. You might have your husband's wallet. That's one of the first places we go if we can't find it because it got shoved there. Um, but in this, a lot of times you wear tennis shoes in this journey of life. Or if you're really lucky, you get to wear these jazzy things. We'll talk about more of these later. I would break an ankle, just saying. But I love it with those high heels. But you might have that in your career or what you're doing. But flip-flops to high heels to tennis shoes to you can take your gander at the stage and see what bag or level you're in. There's one more thing that's in this bag that kind of transferred from the backpack that you never could deal with. And it's in the secret pocket that nobody knows about. And we all have those. It's like that secret cupboard that you keep the chocolate in that your kids can't find. <laughs> right? And it's the same things as before because you didn't know how to deal with it when you were a kid or an adult and you didn't have anybody to help. It's the shame and the confusion. But now you might have had some loss maybe some family members, or just friendships. You're fatigued from trying to get everything done. There's some condemnation there from you feeling like you're not good enough or you didn't make it into a school you thought you would or you didn't get the job you thought you might or just other family concerns. Um, there's brokenness. Depression's heavier. And the debt feels like it could swallow. But... We just kind of keep those things and we keep carrying them from baggage to baggage. So as we kind of are calling to deal with our secret pocket things and deal with the things that are going on, we're going to take a look at somebody in the Bible who had some stuff and she had to walk through things that nobody during that time had to walk through. Because don't we kind of feel like that? Like we just got out of a pandemic 
And there's a lot of things that we've been trying to carry that nobody else has walked through, but the Father has something different for us to say about that. And in that journey of the individual that we're talking about, I was looking, since I'm talking about the later years <clears throat> and the journeys, and have been through lots of different journeys, um, as Kristen was indicating, even just by the shoes. You know, we have the different shoes up here. I have my work shoes up here, and casual shoes, and um, slippers, because there's a time to rest. But throughout all the journey, there's also some other things like Kristen said that we tend to carry with us that, that we don't deal with. And we just switch handbags. And in Isaiah 46, 4, it says, even to your old age, I am he. And even to white hair, with age will I carry you. I have made and I will bear. Yes, I will carry and I will save you. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. And I thought of that. I thought, you know, we gain a lot of experience through the years as, as we are on a journey. Through the different shoes that we wear, the different places that we go, and the stuff that we tend to put in our bags or in that little little compartment that nobody sees but us. And Naomi was a lady that was on a journey that had some challenges. Naomi um, got married in Israel. She had two sons, but there was a famine in the land, so they moved over to a different country called Moab. And once they got over there, it wasn't long and Naomi's husband died. And so Naomi then was without a, um, somebody to, to provide food. She had her sons then. And her sons both got married. And about a decade later, both of her sons died. And now she didn't have any children, and she didn't really have anybody to provide for her. So she decided, I'm going to go back to my homeland, back to where I started, because that's where my, my country, my God was, and God had, she had heard that God had supplied some food for them there. And so as she was leaving, the, the daughter-in-law said, well, we'll walk with you. And she says, no, don't come with me. I have nothing to offer you. But one of the daughter-in-laws stayed. She says, I'm going to stay here where I'm at. But the other daughter-in-law named Ruth said, I'll go with you. And for Ruth to go with Naomi was a step of faith. Because Naomi was a Moabite, and they were not welcomed in Israel. But she was choosing to go to, to help her mother-in-law and to be with her. She says, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. So isn't it something that as a mother-in-law, she had an influence on her daughter-in-law even so much that she said that she would follow the God that her mother-in-law served. So there must have been some kind of relationship built. There must have been a testimony of Naomi's faith in God. And so Ruth went with her. And as they went back to Israel, the story is Ruth got married to Boaz, had a son. 
there was redemption and restoration. They found their redeemer kinsman in Boaz, just like we find our redemption in Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you, each and every one of you. He has a plan and a destiny for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For whoever would call on him would be saved and have eternal life. Who else would lay down their life for you because of so much love but Jesus? And Jesus has done that in this day. Every mother, every father, every individual here, he loves you, he has a calling for you, and a destiny. So many times we walk around without purpose in our life, and we, we wonder, what am I supposed to do now? You know, and I wish with the GPS I could just punch in Deb's destiny, and it would bring up something, and I would see writing on the wall, and I would exactly know where to go and what turn to take. But it's just not that easy, is it? So in my purse that I carry today, it's still kind of big, because it's just necessities so. though. Anyway, that's what I tell Steve. First of all, where I'm at in my journey, I still have lots of pictures, lots of memories, lots of when I was growing up, the challenges of growing up, of getting married, the excitement, and the challenges. Having kids, the exhaustion, the frustration, the wondering if you're ever gonna be able to get a good night's rest again. And then moving into the teenage years, those are challenging. And then getting married, and then you have kids, and then you also, then the kids get married, and then before you know it, they're gone and it's emptiness syndrome. And then there might come a time when you've lost a loved one, just like Naomi did, or you're childless. Something happens in your family, there's sorrow. So with those times, there's, I carry Kleenexes for the sad times, but also for the happy times. There's tears of joy along the way, and there's also sad times. But just like we were singing this morning, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we can get through that. There are times when I wonder what direction I should go. And I'm sure Moses felt the same way when he was going around in the wilderness for 40 years. It's like, man, am I ever going to get off this mountain? God said to him in Deuteronomy 2, it's long enough that you've wandered around. It's time to head north. And so I have a compass here just as an example of heading north. You know that north is a constant directional navigational point that sailors use north to guide their ships where they're going because there's a destination. And if you don't have a point of reference, then it's hard to find where you're going. And also, if you look at a map, there's north. And if you know where north is, you know where west, east, and south is. And so in our journey, we need to keep looking north. There are times when I wonder what direction I should go now. What do I do with the kids now? Now, I don't always carry this, but I carry the word of God is my north. Jesus Christ is my north. 
when I don't know what to do next, I go to the word. It's like we sang today. He's the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, and the light in the darkness. That's what I need. That's my true north. So when you're in a situation and a destiny and you're wondering what to do, go north, young man, go north. And that means look to the scripture. Look to the one who can give you the direction that you need to give you the hope to give you the joy. He's the restorer and he's the kingsman and he will do restoration. You know, sometimes in life, when I was younger, God gave me a dream and I was in a shoe store. And as you can tell, we kind of like shoes here <laughs> and purses. But this goes for men and women. You know, we wear a lot of different shoes or they would say you wear a lot of different hats growing up. Well, I was at a shoe store in my dream, and I was trying on all these shoes, okay? And of course, these were my favorite. They were sparkly. They were so beautiful. I thought, I want these for my journey. <clears throat> and God said, what about these? I said, oh, no thank you. No, I want those pretty ones. God said, go ahead and put the pretty ones on. So I did. And he says, okay, run. And I thought, well, I can't run in these. I'll break my neck. He said, you have to trust me. Not every shoe, not everything that you want to do or think is, is right for the moment is good for the destiny that I've called you to. He said, I, right now you need these. He said, if there's a fight or a battle, you need to run. You need to be able to walk in the wilderness, not get bitten by snakes, and you need to have a sure foundation right now where you're at in the destiny I've called you to. And so I relented. And I said, okay, in my dream. God, whatever it is that you want, you know my destiny, you know my future. And I say, yes. But you know, there was a turning point there when I made that decision. I could very easily have said, no, thank you. <clears throat> I'd rather stay with the pretty shoes. Or pick any other shoe. And you know, it comes a point in our lives <clears throat> We each have our own choice to make that turn back to north and to say yes. Along life, like Christian was saying, you carry those different things, sometimes in a secret pocket of shame, guilt. You wished you would have, wished you would have, and you didn't. And you go, now what? I can't make those decisions for you. Just like when God showed me that dream, I had to make the choice. I had to make the decision. Am I going to turn and make a change? And with that, when I made the change, I was sure glad I did. Because the things I went through, I was able to be on a sure foundation. I turned back to the true north and, and to the word. 
And it's just, I just love that song we sang today. Because no matter what you need, he is the promise keeper. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. And he will shine a light. Even if our GPS won't show us my destiny, I can trust his word to show me my destiny and to be there for me. And so <clears throat> with that, you know, even with slippers, there's a time to rest. And in the first service, I had Sam come and try on a pair of those red tennis shoes. <laughs> and you know, I said, Sam, go ahead. How would that be to run in those? Well, of course, they're too small and tight and that wouldn't be efficient. And how many times don't you wish you could be like somebody else? You know, growing up when you were a little girl, you wish you could be a princess. Or as you get older, you see some kids in school, man, I wish I could play a horn like that. I wish I could play a piano. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like so-and-so. So you try to step into being like them. And then you find out being like them might mean that you have the wrong shoes on and you're not able to move into the destiny that God has created for you. And so we have to make sure that we're not trying to be like somebody else. Because for me to, to put on those little baby shoes, well, that would be ridiculous. But they're so cute, right? But they're so cute, I wanna be like them. Or they can do it, they're so smart. I wanna be like them. Today, I'm gonna to ask you to start thinking if you need to make a change. Do you need to make a decision to turn? Have you put on somebody else's shoes that don't really fit the things that God is calling you to do? Have you put them on because you've, been, you've admired that? And God is saying, yeah, but what about this? I want you to do this. Well, yeah, but that's not near as sparkly or as exciting as those other things. So we need to think today, are we gonna turn back to the true north? Are we gonna turn back to the miracle worker, to the way maker, to the promise keeper? to Jesus, the true north, who loves you more than anything that he gave his son for you. He loves you so much. He gives you opportunity after opportunity to turn. Now, I would say that all of us have made different wrong choices. We maybe have turned down the wrong path. Maybe because there was a promise of more money, more fame, more power, and so we've turned down that and instead of God saying, man, I want you over here. But God gives us opportunities all along the way to say, are you ready to turn back to me? Are you ready to change? Only you can make that decision. Only you can make that choice. And so today, we're just gonna give you an opportunity to turn again, to get, choose to get rid of those things that have been in that secret compartment, whether it's been shame, whether it's been guilt, whether it's been depression, confusion, hurt, loss, 
all those things, anxiety, things that you've held on to just a way too long. I remember there was a time when we had a bush in our front yard. It was on Manaska, and uh, tried pulling it out with a pickup and a chain. And um, it, some of it came out. But then it wasn't much longer than I saw. There was other little pieces of the same bush coming up. There's little suckers. And sometimes we think that on the outside we'd get rid of things. But then as we look, there still seems to be some things in our life that are shadows or that are, are bothering us. And we need to pull those suckers out and let Jesus heal us from those and fill those areas with joy and hope and peace and miracles once again. He's ready to do it. This morning as I was praying and asking God, said, just let them know that I love them and that I am the miracle worker and I can change their pathway and we can go for that destiny once again that I have in their hearts that they've known, but they've chosen to go a different way. So I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and we're gonna just ask Jesus to just to come. Holy Spirit, I ask as you come now and you just minister to each individual as they're here. As you've asked us and as you're asking them, where are you on this journey? What pathway have you taken or should have taken? And I'm gonna ask you to respond. Prayer team, I'm gonna have you come up and stand up here because if you are on a pathway and Holy Spirit is speaking to you now saying it's time for a change will you come back will you let me be that miracle worker in your life will you let me be that way maker will you let me be that light that shines in the darkness you see sometimes you feel like you're in a dark place and how do you get out I'm telling you he is the light that shines in the darkness, and darkness cannot comprehend light. So if you're ready for a change, and you're saying, yes, I choose to turn north, and you want to make a change today, I want you to come forward and ask one of these individuals to pray with you. If you've been in depression, anxiety, shame, any of those things that Kristen showed on those, those dark places, those things that we've kept secret, and you're ready to say, man, I want those out of my life. I'm done. I need a miracle. And that's what it's going to take. But Jesus loves you. I want you to stand up and I want you to come. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of his wondrous working power. He said that he's going to meet you here this morning, but the choice is yours. You need to get up and you need to say, yes, I choose to turn today. So I'm going to give you just a few minutes. Will you respond? Will you make that choice to turn? Come on up. I know Holy Spirit is moving on individuals' hearts and lives. It's time, folks, for such a time as this. You don't need to walk around with that stuff anymore. You can walk around with freedom. If there's those of you that are sick in body, if you're sick and you're tired of being sick, Jesus is the healer. Today he wants to heal you 
and set you free. If you've been having some wrist, right wrist problems, I want you to come up. God wants to heal that today. And also if there's been headaches, if you've been having headaches, I want you to come forward today. God wants to heal those. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free today. So come forward. The choice is all yours. Do you want it or not? You decide. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In our Father's word, he says, who the Son set free is free indeed. And to be able to hold on to that and, and, and to walk that out is going to be the combat boots we're going to need. In Isaiah 58, 12, it says, you'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old, old ruined buildings and renovate and make the community livable again. Father, I just pray this over everyone in this room, that as they grab onto your freedom and the healing that you're giving to them, as the cross is, is what you've given us to be able to lay these things at your feet and not to pick them up, that our new bag that we walk out of here with and the shoes that we walk out will be the next thing we need for our new season and new phase of journey. Father, I just, I just speak that um, they'll be able to go and, and build new things that you're calling them to do. I pray for the teenagers in here that as they're going into new seasons and, and every step's new, God, that you put just a desire for your word deep in their heart and that they will be able to walk out the things you're calling them to and the freedom that you're about to deliver to your people is going to be more than we've ever seen before. Father, we just thank you for today and, and for your calling to say yes to the signs and wonders and miracles and wholeness that you're calling us to. In Jesus' name, amen.